Part two of God's kingdom and conflict. Since last week, God has been showing us bit by bit what it means and what role conflict has in his kingdom and how we as God's children are to handle and, and, and work through and look at conflict. And so we took a brief look at Romans chapter 14, didn't we? Where there was uh, uh, some issues that Paul was addressing where two groups of people were basically in conflict. And they were simply arguing about what they should be eating, what they should not be drinking, and even what days they should and should not be observing. And Paul, through all of this, he just brings the life-giving word of God. And he says basically here in in. Verse 17 of Romans chapter 14, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's saying to these believers that the kingdom of God is not about judging what we should and should not do, what, we, what the message today that God was bringing us to, to us in service about measuring ourselves up and other people up based on what we have done or haven't done on our shoulds and should nots. In fact, that is the kingdom of darkness. That is where you will be a slave to fear. No, no, he has rescued us from that prison and that darkness and that kingdom of darkness And he's put us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And this kingdom, my friends, is of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I I showed up a little picture last week that righteousness has to do with how God had made us right with him. He brought right relationship with us, not based on anything that we have done or ever could do. You see, the kingdom of God is not about the world's standards. It's about God's standards that Jesus Christ has fulfilled fully and perfectly through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he has made us right with God. We don't have to impress him. We don't have to clean up. We don't have to do any of this because we cannot. He's made us right. And that righteousness, that right relationship that we have with them empowers us to bring rightness in our relationships with one another. This is that peace that we have, that, that he urges us to have. In fact, in, early in Romans chapter 12, he says, it depends on us to live at peace with everyone. And this is because God has accomplished this and he enables us to have it. My friends, I want to spend a little time on the joy we have in the Holy Spirit because I believe that's also something incredible about his, his kingdom and, the, and our role as children of God that we have with conflict in his kingdom because the joy that we have is in the Holy Spirit. Joy is in the Holy Spirit alone. 
It's something that we have because the Holy Spirit lives in us and that we bring into even the in rocky relationships. You know, amidst conflict, there can and is joy. Because joy is not some kind of reaction that we have to something that's happening. It's not a natural response or an emotional response like happiness or sadness based on what's going on in our life. No, Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, the joy in the Holy Spirit is strength to us. It's power. It's life-giving power. Joy is not affected by tribulations. Joy is not affected by trials and difficulties and struggles. It's not molded by any of this. Instead, joy brings life-giving power into struggles and difficulties. It brings life-giving power into our trials. And yes, into the conflicts of our life. Isn't that amazing? That is the joy that we have in the Holy Spirit. And you know what? A lot of us may, may, may hear this for the first time and, and wonder, how is this possible? Well, I, I say it's because we really need to know who God is and what He says. Because a lot of us may have had definitions of conflict that have come and conclusions of conflict that have come because of what we've experienced and learned in the past. And so we have grown up perhaps learning that conflict is bad because of the result of conflict in our life. And and we may have defined it as something that's instead of helpful, something that's destructive, scary, pointless, that results in being rejected and feeling guilty and shame, that it's not something that's going to lead to happiness, but actually is about being unhappy. And I say this is a very important truth for all of us as children of God, that we cannot base truth upon just our experiences. Why is that? But because... When we are living in this sinful world and we've been impacted by sin and we draw our conclusions and we base our strategies of living and coping based on sin, well, it's going to only lead to sin because your strategies are based on sin. And it will lead to separation because that's what sin does. And it's going to lead to death because that's the only place that sin will ever lead you. So we need, my friends, God to define what conflict is. We need to have him show us what it means and for us how to view it in his kingdom. We need to redefine conflict, which is our first point. And as we've been talking about here in James chapter 1, verse 2, it seeds as reads, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great 
joy. Have you ever considered conflict as an opportunity for great joy? Well, that's what God says is how we're supposed to view it. That conflict, when we have it in these difficulties, this is the opportunity for the eternal realm to be known to us. For the kingdom of God to be clear to us. To see who resides in the kingdom of God. And that is our king. And what he is doing. And what he is saying. And for the life-giving power and strength of joy to come out of us and into our relationships. This is the, the viewpoint that he wants us to have is that it's an opportunity for not just a little joy, but great joy. 2 Corinthians 5.18 also helps us more with this, that he says everything is from God. Before this, he was talking about how we've been made as new creations in Jesus Christ. And all of this, all these good things, all these good gifts that he's given to us, the identity, everything of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And gave Pastor John only the ministry of reconciliation. No. (laughs) That'd be a tall order, wouldn't it? And gave Christy only the ministry of reconciliation. No. Gave us, the body of Jesus Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. He's, read on in this, he's committed us to us this message of reconciliation. This is our ministry. This is our role. <laughs> this is who we are. We're ministers of reconciling because God has reconciled the world to himself through Christ Jesus. You know, in this kingdom of God series, we've been learning that we must be looking into God's kingdom and seeing what he's doing and being imitators of him, simply doing what he is doing, right? Knowing who he is and bringing that into our earthly situations. Well, here's what he's done. He's taken each and every one of us who are enemies of God, who are hostile to him, and at the point where we decide to spit on him and say, we don't need you, we don't want to have anything to do with you, Christ died for us, and he reconciled all of us to himself. He reached out. He initiated, undeserving of us, this is what he did. And so when we look into his kingdom and what he has done and what he is doing, we are to do likewise. As he is, so are we in this world. 1 John chapter four seventeen says, So we're going to be looking at what this means to be ministers of reconciliation, what it means to bring the kingdom of God, of his righteousness, his peace and joy into relationships a little bit on a more nuts and bolts level. So you guys ready to go? I hope so. Ready? 
The first thing we must do, second point here, is that we must first listen. In places of conflict, we must first listen. James 1.19 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You know, the world has us backwards, isn't it? We're very fast to get angry, lose our temper, very quick to speak, and hardly ever, ever listen. You know why it's important for us to first listen and be quick to listen? Because listening, the attitude of listening takes the focus off ourself. And the devil's primary motive and his agenda for you is to get your focus on yourself, your needs, your deficits, your lacks, all of those things. But listening gets that focus off and starts to put it on to the most important People in our life. And in that space, we start to really hear what is being said. Yes, by the person, but also creates a space for us to listen to God and what He is saying. That's why it's be quick to listen. Oh, you want nuts and bolts in terms of. Solving and resolving conflict God's way? Listen. And you know one way to be slow to speak and keep listening is just just to ask questions. You want to listen well and understand? It's not just staying silent and this is not listening. Just waiting for the other person to stop talking. That's not listening. And you're thinking of all the things that you want to say. Oh, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Because I've got peace to say here. No, my friends, this is not listening. Listening is when you ask questions because you want to know more. Because there's ways to ask questions actually in two ways. You can actually ask questions that leads to understanding, leads to listening, or asking questions that lead to blaming (laughs) and lead to accusations. And lead to protecting yourself. What were you thinking? Is that a real question? <laughs> How could you compare this to that? That's a question, but it's not a question. Listening allows for you to focus not on you, but on the other person. And what God is wanting to say and bring into this situation. You know, oftentimes we believe that for an argument or a conflict to go forward and move forward, we need agreement. Yeah? We need for either me to see it their way or them to see it my way. And if we don't got that, we can't move forward. And I've heard this a lot of times. Let's just agree to disagree. Fooey. Fooey. No, if you agree to disagree, you disagree in the separation. 
What Christ wants to do is to join our hearts. See, conflict doesn't mean that you have to agree with me or I have to agree with you. It just means that I look into what God is doing and what he is saying, and I agree with him. And when we agree with him in faith about whatever conflict that we're having, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So agreement, that's where we get hung up on a lot of times. You know, a lot of times. There's this is example in a straight illustration that um, Jesus brings to us in, in Matthew chapter 5, 23 through 24. And it reads this. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Isn't it amazing how over and over you see in God's word relationship, how he loves relationship over rituals and things that we do? He loves relationships and reconciling relationships. And it doesn't say here, remember that your brother, if you remember that your brother has something against you that you believe is legitimate, that you agree was appropriate, then go. No, it doesn't say that. Legitimate or not legitimate, valid in your mind or not valid in your mind, you go. And there's a lot of people who, who um, in their relationships, if they could just understand this, can see God's kingdom be brought forth in their marriages, in their relationships with their kids. Oftentimes, we, we, we don't agree that something is a problem, do we? So Christy comes and says, hey, young, I have a problem with this. And I say, that's not a problem. And we can't, we can't move forward because I don't agree that's a problem. Young man the other day took me to McDonald's. And he took me, and, and I didn't know they had these, um, these signature burgers. Did you guys know this? They, I, I was, yeah, I don't go to McDonald's, if anybody knows me. Pastor John's with the eye, wide eyes. He, he, he promised me some, a good burger. And I said, all right, let's go. And there's these signature burgers there that are mind-blowing. This is a little, little advertisement for McDonald's. I'm going to expect some paycheck here. <laughs> but we were sitting there, and, then, and say we go again, and we decide to order the same exact burger. And I like burgers, especially good ones. And we finish our good conversation and these good burgers, and I'm just, I really liked it. And I say, young man, what'd you think about that burger? He kind of makes this face and he's like, mm, I didn't like it that much. And I disagree. And I said, yes, you did. You did too like it. Do we ever do that? No, we don't do that. Except for in relationships. My wife at one season, we were doing taxes, and we split up the work, and she was at her computer, and I was at my computer, and I was plugging away, and I was, I was rolling, and, and she was pulling her hair, and she's like, oh, young, this is, this is really difficult. I'm having a hard time. This is not easy. And this perfect husband walks up to her and says, it's not, it's easy. This is not hard at all. All you do is go bloop, 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 bloop. See, it's really easy. Conflict resolved. (laughs) 
or not, as you can imagine. <laughs> hey, if you are being brought a problem in a relationship from a brother and sister because we're one in Jesus Christ, and they're being open and honest, that problem they're bringing, whether you agree with it or not, it's our problem. It's one that we bring and pray together and, and say, yeah, let's agree together to find God's word and solution in this. Yeah? To ask questions. Better thing for me to say as a husband is say, oh, honey, so what's, what's going on? Tell me, tell me what's difficult here. Yeah? How can I help you? Wouldn't that have been a better thing? Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm sure God gives me these moments so I can talk about them very openly. Yeah, we need to know that whether we agree something is legitimate or not, that when we are being brought these issues and issues of conflict, that we're here to listen. That is for us as a relationship to look together and join hearts together with as an opportunity in Christ for God to bring his life into. And so this attitude of listening is one that we don't ever stop. We don't stop it. We don't give up. And this is another big trap for us that the, say, the, 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 the devil, I can't even say, I just find it mess up the devil's title, right? It is. <laughs> but yes, he, he, he does this to where he says, okay, well, I tried listening, but it doesn't work. And they don't care. Or they, they don't listen to me. I tried to respect them, and they disrespected me. They broke their agreement. We said we're going to start doing this. We heard this great message on conflict in God's kingdom, and so we tried it. But, and we decided we're going to listen to each other. But I did all my could. But they're not listening, so forget it. I'm not going to do it anymore. So we justify it. And guess what? You're going to lead into sin, separation, and death. This is not God's way. He's saying joy in the Holy Spirit is not affected by this. Peace in the Holy Spirit is not affected by this. The righteousness that we have, the right relationship that we have in God, that he's enabling for us, to address in this conflict is not affected by this. So we continue to listen to God, to listen to them, because that's the only chance. You can't change what another person will say and do. You can't change their heart, but God can. And you keep in his word, and you keep doing what he says, and guess what? You bring life, and you bring his spirit, Spirit, and you bring his presence into that, and that person will start to taste a bit of the kingdom of God and has the chance to respond to God's word, his presence, and his will. The next thing, I'll just go through this a little bit quicker, is to not criticize or judge Third point, do not criticize or judge. It says in James chapter 4, 11, Do not criticize one another, brothers. 
He who criticizes a brother or judges his brother criticizes the law and judges the law. Wow. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Okay? Don't criticize one another. Why this is important, my friends, is that criticism is often coming from our own standards that another person has not met. It's living under the reign of my own kingdom and my own rules of what I believe is good and healthy, what is right and what's going to make me happy. <laughs> and you're not following that, those laws. So I judge and I criticize. You know what that does is that we put ourselves above the law of God. And we say our laws is better than his laws. Ooh, talk about pride. And so when we criticize and we judge another, this is what we're doing. But more importantly, it's not about don't do this. It's not about saying, okay, don't judge and criticize because this is what the world will say. Don't judge. And it's very political, right? Oh, yeah, oh, I don't want to judge, but I, I'm not judging anyone, but. Really? <laughs> Yeah, the truth comes after the but. Yeah. Don't judge means this, is that when we're living by our kingdom own kingdom rules, it's when we say, I'm not going to do that anymore, we're deciding to forfeit that and live according to God's kingdom's reign and rules. Yeah? Because when you're living under your own kingdom standards, you're judging yourself in that. If you, have, if you struggle with criticism and criticizing other people, I guarantee you, you have a difficulty with condemning and criticizing yourself. I hear this a lot. I'm my own worst critic. And God wants to free you from that. 100%. Freedom from slavery. Because your kingdom is a kingdom that has been done away with if you're a believer and child of God. And he wants to show you and, and unveil that and show you where you're actually living and residing and to be under his reign and to under his rule to where he brings his righteousness, his peace and joy in his Holy Spirit that's dwelling in you. Galatians 5, 14, 15 says this, For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. You see, God's laws and our laws are totally different. Our law is trying to enforce another person to love us. You get this? When we, the laws that we have and the expectations that we have, we're trying to receive love. And we're trying to enforce the other person to love me. Love cannot be enforced. The law that God has been given to us is for you. It's for me to love one another as myself. If you don't like being interrupted, don't interrupt. If you don't like being yelled at, don't yell. If you don't like having somebody use words that take away and start to hurt your sense of dignity and search of respect, 
don't do that. Yeah? If you don't like when another person is being defensive, when you're trying to share your heart, don't be defensive. If you don't like not being listened to when you're trying to talk and trying to be heard, then don't keep that from happening. This love, this law of love is for you. It's for me, not the other person. <laughs> yeah? We cannot legislate law, love. It's, it's, we can't make a law of love for other people to follow. This world has tried it. And then we have a prison system. <laughs> and that doesn't work. Right? No. This is God's love that is the law above all laws. To love your neighbor as yourself. And you say, as we end here, I don't know if I can do this, Pastor. This sounds, yeah, it sounds amazing, but I don't know if I got this in me. It sounds great. Well, I have to agree with you. You can't, but you need to stop listening to what the devil's telling you because, yes, has half truth, because that's what the devil does. He mixes up some lies with truth. The fact is, yes, you and yourself, apart from God, this is impossible. But you need to also stop listening to the devil and saying, I, I, can't, I can't do this. This qualifies me because you don't know me. You don't know my background. You don't know the situation I'm in. You don't know the person I'm dealing with. No. God knows. And he can. He wants to. This is his will for your life. So the only that way that we can do this is our fourth and last point is to remain in the Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. You can do nothing without me. And so when we're in conflict, you must be remaining in him. If you're not able to listen and you're having a hard time listening, just listen to God and remain and abide in him. Because as you do, it's not about your abilities. It's not about what you're going to be trying to do. It's not about your conflict resolution strategies and abilities. It's about the fruit of the Spirit that's being produced. And you allowing the Spirit of God to produce His fruit of love. His fruit of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. For the kingdom of God is not about what we should be doing or not be doing. It's about who he is and what he has done. Of his righteousness, of his peace, and the joy in the Holy Spirit. All of this is the very fruit, the results the outcomes that he will produce as you abide and remain in him. If you don't know how to do this, that's okay. There's a lot of times I don't know how to do this in many situations. 
That's why I love God's word to us. Because it's not about a answer he's going to give. He is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. It's simply us turning to him. And living in him in this moment. And allowing him. Allowing the time. Allowing the space. Allowing our hearts to be opened for him to produce his fruit. If you're in a conflict situation, if there's love, joy, and peace being produced, wouldn't that be wonderful? In a conflict situation, if there was patience, kindness, goodness, wouldn't that be healthy? Well, we can't do this. We can't bring faithfulness, gentleness. You know what? We can't even bring self-control in and of ourselves. That's what the Spirit of God wants to and will do through us. He wants to release this in you and me. And this is also for others. See, the fruit is not for just us. It's actually for the others to taste and see that God is good. And so that they can experience God's kingdom in the midst of conflict. Can you agree with me that conflict is an opportunity for great joy? For God to bring his kingdom. For him to start to redefine what this is. It's because he wants this opportunity. He wants it so much. To show and reveal himself in your family situation, in your work situation, in your time with your kids, in times with these people that you just don't know how this is going to work out. He will bring life into them. If you agree with this, say amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that we agree together in your word. We hear it. And we can know it and we can agree, Father, with what you say and throw off anything else because your words are words of eternal life. Father, continue to bring eternal life that is in your Son into our hearts, into the circles and the spheres of our life. So that, Father, the name of Jesus can be exalted. So that he can be known and he can reveal to us who you really are. So that we may be residents of your kingdom. So that we can be ambassadors of your kingdom. So that we can be the children who've been saved and rescued out of the realm of darkness. And proclaim that we are now children and partakers and people of the kingdom of God. If you're not in his kingdom, if you come here today, would I believe God has purposed you to be here, but you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and therefore you do not know his kingdom, you do not experience his kingdom, but your heart is being convicted to enter 
and to know Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit, my friend. And if you are listening to this and you are and your will is coming into agreement saying yes I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior and enter into his kingdom then I ask you to pray with me pray something like this dear God we sung songs that you are father that you are good I want to know you I want to know you as my father. But I know that, as I heard today, can only happen through your son, Jesus Christ, who died for me, my sins. I believe in him. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Turn away from everything else that I've been trying to look for life in and turning to you, Jesus. Jesus, I want you to be my everything. Jesus, I want and make you my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And I open my heart up right now for you to exchange my old life for your life. For you to put inside of me right now your Holy Spirit to start to reveal to me more and more of your kingdom. In his name we pray. Amen.